Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is your favorite podcaster, Mark Cotrera, with your favorite podcast, Making a Cut. Happy New Year. Welcome back. I know that you've all enjoyed your time off just like I did. It's kind of funny that we kind of like took school time off, like, you know, like we're in school and we all had a break. And now we're back and we're talking football tonight um, because it is the fun time in football too. The sad time, but the fun time as well. But before we jump off into it, I just want to remind you, as always, you know where to find me. My link is going to be on my Facebook. Of course, you can get me anywhere that you get your podcast, especially on the Anchor app anchor.fm or spotify and spotify of course if you go there and you click follow there it's going to alert you every time i have a new episode up i have a lot of great plans this year i'm still working them out what i'm going to be doing for this year uh, whether i'm going to be doing some more uh episodes throughout the week you know etc just depends and and i'll be looking forward to doing whatever it is because you know me i love talking sports but i'm going to take time to figure out what it is i'm not going to rush anything but I do want to put, put out some more material, even if it's shorter stuff, so you can listen to it on break, so you can listen to it on the way to work and not miss out. Break them all down, different segments, instead of having just on Sports Sundays where I have all of it. We'll, we'll figure it all out together as we go, and we'll go there. May get back to the morning dumps. Who knows? Who knows? It may or may not. Don't keep your hopes up, but get your hopes up. Enjoy. So, jumping off with football again this week. Yes, I know there's some basketball I know the Pelicans are looking really good, except for when the injuries caught there. Uh, to B.I. still isn't back, and Zion's out for a few weeks. You know, it's but you do have some depth there for the Pelicans. That's all I'm going to talk about NBA. You know I'm not going to talk a whole lot about NBA. But also in basketball, LSU's men's and women's basketball teams. Of course, Kim, Kim Mulkey has the, the Lady Tigers at uh, number seven right now. And, and then men. They actually look really good after an absolute complete rebuild year. I mean, complete rebuild. Uh, Even worse than what uh, Brian Kelly had to do with the LSU football team. So that's huge. Uh, So, going to jump off into it. Before I get off into college, I do want to talk a little bit because you're all watching it now. Uh, And as I'm recording right now, some of this stuff is still unfolding. And I do want to talk about the NFL playoffs. Yes, I know. Uh, with the DeMar Hamlin situation, you know, prayers to the young man and his family. He's doing a lot better now, a lot better than anybody expected him to be, and that's huge. Uh, so I don't want to look over that. But it is playoff season time. The only bracket that's actually set so far as we speak right now, because you still have games going on right now, and you got games, one more game later on tonight that's going to determine the NFC seeding. But I do have the AFC seeding right now, which is really kind of funny because. Uh, two reasons. One, you got the first two games are actually uh, same conference games. And also you have the, the whole coin flip situation that the NFL came up and really just somehow messes over and screws the Bengals. I don't really understand uh, all of it. And, I'm, and when I started reading over it, I was like, I'm not even going to pay attention to this nonsense because the more I look at it, the more I'm going to get aggravated. So I'm not going to break that down for you. If you want to try to break it down yourself, you absolutely can. It almost seems like somebody in the NCAA with their nonsense rules came through and tried to make this decision there. I, I, don't, I don't know. But, so, the playoff games, this playoff schedule that you have for the AFC, that schedule that's already out there. You have the Chiefs who have the bye. They're the number one seed. Uh, and then you have the Dolphins and the Bills playing. And then you also have the, the Ravens and the Bengals playing. The Ravens and the Bengals played today, by the way. Uh, so, that's... It just really 
the way that they played it out, really. I mean, you got two divisional games. Anyway, and you also have the Chargers and the Jags. Jags were a fun game to watch last night, uh, not just because, not because it was a good game, because it absolutely wasn't, but you saw the underdog team uh, that had Urban Meyer as their coach last year who kicked the kickers, etc. You see them a complete turnaround this year with Doug Peterson, the guy that Philadelphia Eagles fired because they he couldn't do anything but look at it, what he's doing now, but also look at what the Eagles are doing without him. So who knows? It was a win-win for everybody, it looks like, right? So moving on from there. They moved on from him. You know what I mean. Anyway, but it looks good. Um, Saints today. Man, uh, that that you know, the, the score to be 7-10. to You have a three-way tie for last place, 7-10. to I didn't even look at it and see who actually gets last place. The, the last thing I looked at had the Falcons in last place somehow. I don't Maybe we have a tiebreaker. I don't know. I know we were swept by the Bengals. I mean, the, uh, the Panthers this, this year, uh, that's kind of embarrassing as well. You're talking about a team that fired a coach halfway through the season and we were still swept by them i think we may have played both games after he was fired i i, I could be wrong on that I, I don't remember uh this this season uh was one for the books i tell you that uh, a whole lot of up and down a whole lot of down a whole lot of football that was extremely hard to watch uh even today um, when you tried to watch it earlier on in the game or listen to it earlier on in the game it was fun it was a little bit exciting even though they had nothing to play for um and then it, they just turned into what they had been all season long, which is, man, what are y'all doing? This is so hard to watch. So, like, you had the game 7 nothing, and you somehow, I mean, early, and you somehow lose 10-7, to and you 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 lose 7-10, to and you keep that. It's almost like it was perfect so you could have a 7-10 to record to be with everybody else at 7-10. It's just absolutely hilarious. Uh, but it is what it is. Ah, uh, before I before I give you some great news, Saints fans, give you something to cheer about as a Saints fan. Something that's a huge win. Two things that are a huge win for the Saints fans. For the, those are like me, uh, something I've been telling you about for a while, uh, and something that's going to happen. I'm going to bring that down at the end of the episode here. But before then, I want to talk a little bit about college football because we do have the Natty tomorrow. You do have TCU, the the huge underdog, and you have Georgia there. The the the. Uh, the reigning national champions make it back with Stetson Bennett. What a story. Uh, walk on who just seems to find his way onto the team into the starting line at lineup over and over and leads this team again this year, uh, to the natty. And he had Max Dugan, uh, you know, anytime I hear Max Dugan, I really think of a league of her own with Jimmy Dugan. And I think of the woman who looks like, uh, the witch from wizard of Oz when she's riding the, the bicycle with Toto in the front and she's screaming, Mr. Dugan, Mr. Dugan. Anyway, so uh, hopefully you got a chuckle out of that like I did. But you got the TCU team that's a huge underdog. And it really, the only reason why they're a huge underdog is because people overrated the Big Ten. People overrated the Pac-12. People overrated the ACC. I've been saying it all season long. And you could go back, mark the tape. You could go back and listen to the past uh, podcast. If you don't remember, I've been saying for all season long that the Big 12 is the second best conference in the NCAA this year. They are head and shoulders above, as a total conference, above the Big 10 and the Pac-12. Absolutely, especially the ACC. When you look at it, when you looked at the Big 10, all you had was Michigan and Ohio State. And they seem to be frauds right they seem to be the teams that were severely overrated uh, ranked and overrated 
And yet they kept giving them the benefit of the doubt because they are the blue bloods. They are the ones that the powers that be, the elites want to have in there. They got them into the college football playoff, and what happened? They both lost. Now, albeit both of those two, both of those games were really good. They it came down to the end, and they played. They they showed that they deserve to be be there. But don't get me wrong, that conference wasn't as good, right? So TCU is there. They, I, I'm not going to give you my prediction. I will say this: I think this game's going to be closer, uh, and Georgia actually could lose this game. TCU could win this game. They're a team that knows how to win even when it seems like they can't. Georgia showed that they could do that as well when they came back from behind and beat Ohio State. One news report with this too was that about the ticket sales for the national championship went way down since Michigan and Ohio State are out. Uh, Let me explain to you the reason why. It's not because Ohio State and Michigan are that big of names because let me tell you the truth about that. Uh, College football in the South, whether it's Texas, TCU, or the SEC, the, the Southeastern Conference in itself, Football is so much more here than it is in the North. Now, uh, I, I know that that Ohio and Michigan is not considered, aka the North. All of us, you know, Michigan is. Ohio is kind of like the in between, etc. But it means more uh, than it does up there. It just does. I mean, the Eastern Seaboard. It just it means more here than it does there, in the, especially on the Western Seaboard. It just does. Uh, so, and I understand that, and you would have that, but let me explain to you the reason why the ticket sales went down for the national title, uh, which they'll pick back up. They're going to sell out. It's the national title. That's what's going to happen. Uh, you're not going to see a, a ton of empty seats like you do the remainder of the bowl games that you've seen this season. Um, but you do have Georgia. They're going to the national title again two years in a row. Remember, last year, Georgia went there for the first time in 40 years. So, yes, a ton of Georgia fans were going to spend money to go there. Now that they're back this year, they're like, oh, I'm not going to mortgage the house to go back yet again. And then when you look at TCU, TCU is a lot smaller school. You don't understand how much smaller they are. They're not uh, anywhere near the size of any of the SEC teams or really any of the Big 12 teams. They're a small school. Uh, And so to have that many tickets – wouldn't make sense for them as well they they just don't have that many fans because they don't they're they're just not that big uh but you're going to see more coming out as it gets closer uh i I know it's tomorrow i know we're like 24 hours away but i can i can guarantee you it may not be a sellout but i can guarantee it's not going to look like the rest of the bowl games that you've seen all season long right uh so and speaking of that Speaking about the bowl games, and I, and I, and I was talking to my buddy Tommy Crozet, and thanks for shouting me out on uh, after for the review when you're on there too, and reading what I sent to you. Uh, really, the bowl season, uh, you know, there's a lot of complaining about you know people opting out, etc. Even Nick Saban saying why you're opting out if you're doing opting out um, to to you know go to the combine. The combine doesn't. He has a good point there, and I back him up on that. But at the same token. Uh, a lot of these big name players, especially, uh, I mean, look, they don't want to risk injury, and that's the biggest thing. You you have less of opportunity to risk injury uh, in the combine than you do in these bowl games, and the reason why is because these bowl games don't mean anything. They've become nothing but exhibition games, for the most part, for the big teams, for the big teams that have the guys on their teams that are big NIL, the big recruits, etc. It doesn't mean anything to them. So they play one more game. What happens? They miss out on millions of dollars because they got injured in an exhibition game that means nothing. You you got you got a trophy of a cheese it. You got a trophy of mayonnaise. 
big whoop. These bowl games are a joke, except for the smaller teams that have never been or haven't been in so long that it's a huge win for them to be able to do something like that. Uh, for, but really, honestly, for the Group of Five Conference, it's become a participation trophy. Oh, you know, you go all the way back to DeAnthony Thomas when they were playing when he was playing with Oregon. Uh, they won the Rose Bowl the year before, and then all of a sudden, the next year they they were fighting for national title hopes. They fall short. They get they go to the Rose Bowl again. He's like, man, we already been to this. There's no reason for us to play. We already won this. So you have that mindset because it means nothing. There's when you play a game, you play for a reason. You play for it to win. You play to win a championship. Yes, you have. I want to play for the pride of my school. Typically, that's not going to happen for the guys that are the highly recruited guys that are going on to the next level. It's just not. Those are going to be for the guys that 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 are like the Rudies that fight to get a chance to play one or two plays on the field. Yes, they're going to play their last game. Yes, they're not going to opt out. Uh, or yes, they don't. Ne- they're not necessarily guaranteed to play in the next level. Uh, you know, they they need that last bowl game. They need it, the Senior Bowl. They need the, the uh, East West Shrine game. They need those games to be able to put some more film on the tape, the more tape on the film for people to be able to see them, the recruiters to see them going into the NFL, right? Uh, and so, for the most part, the bowl games again, they just don't make any sense. They really don't. But on the other hand, and I'm not trying to talk two face here, but you can follow with me here and you can understand this. On the other hand. When you have smaller teams like Tulane that go and have an opportunity to play a team like a USC, a blue blood, one that they pushed to be in the college football playoff. They tried so hard to put them in the college football playoff, dude. They tried so hard. And Tulane not only goes there and plays them and plays them good, but comes away with the win. Huge. That was almost like you were playing on a video game. Like, no, it's unheard of to see Tulane beat USC. Like, like. And I have to tell on myself here because my brother called me right at the last moment there. With uh, Tulane has the ball with nine. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Tulane just took the lead. There's nine seconds left of the game. USC is getting the ball. My brother calls. I'm about to tear up. My brother calls and is like, "Hey, what's going on, dude? You just you just wor- wasted the you just messed up the most important part of the movie for me. I was about to tear up and start crying for for being so proud for my uh, you know my, my the little brother. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I think honestly, one way if they're just so hell bent on keeping the bowls, then you need to set the bowls up for the situations that are like that. For the teams that don't get an opportunity, in which I know in some sort they do when you have your Memphis's play and you have your, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, how many of you actually watched a lot of the bowl games? You just didn't. The viewership is down. When you actually try to watch and you look in the stands, there's nobody in the stands. Uh, there's no home field advantage because of the places that are playing. They're, I mean, the kids get a, a vacation a little bit, etc. They go play, you know. But for the smaller schools, for the group of five, it may mean a little bit more. Like for Tulane, it means more. Uh, I mean, then you have rebuilding schools like LSU, who goes out and absolutely destroys Purdue. Purdue, it might mean something to them because it's the first real bowl. In, I don't know, however long. Uh, but LSU goes up there and destroys them. It shows that LSU's dominant, right? But did the game mean anything? No. Did it really help anything? Not really. Might help you out with a little bit of recruiting, maybe. Not necessarily. So anyway, y'all, y'all, I, I, I'm a proponent for a real playoff. Y'all know I've said that plenty of times. And we may never actually ever get it, but it is what it is. 
We'll talk about that with LSU. LSU absolutely looked dominant. They looked unstoppable. And and I don't want to take away from Purdue because Purdue has a couple opt-outs. Purdue was going through a coaching situation just like LSU was last year with Kansas State. Uh, you know, it, it was still a game that they came out and they just handled business. And they looked unstoppable. They looked like they could beat anybody. Uh, and, and it gives you good hope for next year, next season. I'm hoping so as well. You still got to fight the 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 transfer uh, monster that is you know um once Jaden Daniels decided he's coming back Keishon Booty said he's going to the NFL uh we're losing out on Jack Besh he transfers he's going to be at TCU uh you got a linebacker looking like he's most likely going to go to Auburn uh you know you, you got a couple other guys that are transferring out and so you got to look at that but you also get transfers in you got guys graduating Makai Gardner Makai Gardner my bad, dude. Um, he, he's going to be a senior. He's looking to get pretty high in the draft. Uh, B.J. Ojolari is going to be high in the draft. And so you got those you got those guys there. So it's going to be a rebuilding season. I will say this. The, the Clemson-Tennessee game was way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I think I talked about it on my last episode, which was a few weeks ago. Uh, that game was going to be a good game, but I was concerned about it for Tennessee's uh, perspective because – it comes down to the quarterback. And the reason why I said that is because I, I initially was going all Tennessee there. But you take away Hinton Hooker, and it takes a completely different dynamic. And you saw that in the game. And they had to take a different dynamic. They weren't going, you know, just play after play after play after play. There was, there was, there was a little bit more time in the plays. They weren't going as fast. They weren't moving as fast as Oregon used to move, etc. Uh, and in Clemson, if they had DJ Ugalele as quarterback, I absolutely give him, you know, give uh, Tennessee the the tip of the hat. But they had the true freshman who looks a lot better, and he's going to be a great quarterback going forward. Uh, and I was a little concerned for Tennessee there, but Tennessee really pulled it out and really showed the SEC power there. Now I was proud of him. Cheyenne, good job up there, dude. I saw y'all playing, balled out, right? So LSU, Tennessee looks good. SEC is going to look good coming for next year. Got some new coaches coming in. Um, Hugh Freeze going up to Auburn. We, we talked about that already. Mississippi State, the situation uh, there, it's going to be different. Uh, but it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Bobby Petrino is going to be the offensive coordinator at Texas A&M. That makes a huge difference. If Jimbo Fisher wants to keep his job, even though it's $83 million to buy him out, um, if he wants to keep his job, uh, he's going to let Bobby Petrino take over the offense and not get in the way, not do a less mile situation. If he does that, with that talent that he's been able to get there, even though he had he leads all NCAA football this season uh, with the most transfers out of 27, even with that, all the talent that they have there, you give Bobby Petrino, uh, Bobby Petrino uh, who is an offensive genius, an opportunity to take over the offense, they're going to be – uh, a force to be reckoned with, unfortunately, for the rest of us, and unfortunately for those of us who don't like Texas A&M only because of Jimbo Fisher, right? So be looking out for that this season as well. So let me end off with this. I told you I was going to give you some good news. Two great things that's coming up for this season for the Saints. Now that the season's over with, yes, we, we had the low part, but let's talk about the good part now. Two big things. Number one, Marcus Davenport has played his last down. Yes, right. His last down was getting ejected from from the game for ridiculousness, right? Marcus Davenport is probably going to go to Atlanta or he's going to go somewhere else. He's going to be a perennial all-star, all-star, good grief, uh, pro bowler, 
and uh, he's going to do great, and he's going to stay on the field way more than he did here. And that's just, it's kind of that old Saints mantra that we had from way back before. Those of you who have been Saints fans for a long time know what I'm talking about. These players that come to the Saints, they get here, they're they stink when they're here with us, and then they go somewhere else and they become world beaters, right? Become Hall of Famers. We've seen it many, many times. Marcus Davenport's going to be one of those guys that's going to do that. Guarantee it. Uh, I, I don't unless they unless his agent is the same agent as Andrews Pete. We're not going to keep this guy. He just doesn't stay on the field. Neither does Andrews Pete, but somehow we still keep this guy. Uh, hindsight being 2020, the way that it is, Trey Henderson would have been a much better pickup. You would have let Davenport go and keep Trey Henderson. Look what he's been doing up in Cincinnati. It's been huge. The other big news. Oh, this one I've said a long time ago. I said it long. I said it when he stepped out and said, hey, I'm injured again. I told you way back then, weeks ago, weeks ago, I told you that Michael Thomas would not play another down for the Saints, especially this past season. I told you that. I told you that. I told you that was going to happen. Right, and I told you the reason why because he only showed up to get his guaranteed money. He only played enough to get his guaranteed money, and now he—if we would have kept him, if they wouldn't have done what they did today, which was restructure his contract to give him guaranteed money in his pocket right now as a bonus, thirty-one million dollars. Right, we would have had to carry him over next year, and the only way that we'd have been able to do it was eat a whole ton of money and be out of the salary cap situation, or keep him on the roster and he only play his guaranteed money games like he did the last two and a half seasons because he didn't want to be here. He became Anthony Davis. That's all he did, honestly. It's exactly what he did, became Anthony Davis. Uh, but now that they've done that, it's going to be only $1 million against the cap. That's huge. Donald Trump, huge. It's huge. So now this guy that's been a cancer... Now this guy that's refused to play except for when he absolutely has to to make sure that he gets his guaranteed contract part of his money. He's going to be gone. Yes. Finally. And look, he's going to go and he's going to ball out wherever he goes because he's a great player. Uh, Hopefully for him, for his sake, he gets him a Hall of Fame quarterback that makes him look even better than what he really is. Like when he was here with Drew Brees, the guy that he downed downed after Drew made him as great as he is. Right, and Keyshawn Johnson can go say somebody else is going to win the Super Bowl next year because Michael Thomas is going to be there. Can't guard Mike, right? It is what it is. So I'm super excited about those two things. I'm not super excited about the way the season ended. Glad it's over with that part. Uh, playoffs are here. The Natty's tomorrow night. We're this is a sad part of the season where it's almost over with, and then we get jump off into uh, draft season, etc. You know, that's my favorite part. When we get closer to the draft, I'm going to be so excited. I'm so excited. I've been doing draft stuff already. Uh, I, I've been sitting in the house playing on my laptop with the draft and just trying to figure out things. Uh, also on that, I almost forgot. <laughs> the number one draft pick this year is going to be by Chicago. Talking about a flip of a coin there in a sense. Uh, Houston had it and then today goes and decides to win the game by one point and gives the first overall draft pick to Chicago, absolutely hilarious. Houston can't win for losing. Even when they win, they still lose. It's it's. If you're a Houston fan, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyway, that is my episode this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed me being back. I'll be looking forward to to, to talking to y'all more. If y'all have any questions, if you have any input, if you have anything you want me to talk about, you know, make sure you DM me. 
hit me up on the messages, uh, even hit it up on, on the episode there on Facebook where I post it. And, you know, I'll, I'll make sure to do it. Hey, Tommy, thanks for, again, man, TK, thanks again for shouting me out on After Further View. Hey, see y'all next time. This is your favorite podcaster, Mark Atreira, with your favorite podcast, Making the Cut. <laughs>